Hello. This is the Kingdom Ringer Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. It's always good to have you. Man, I'm excited about this episode. This is like the part two, the second uh, episode that I recorded in Winfield, Kansas when I was down there for the Gathering Revival Center's Miracle in the Glory meeting with Jesse Champ. Uh, last week, I sat down with Beth Packard, and we put together an episode, and it was awesome, about women. Go women. Any women out there, check out the episode. It was good. She was only the second female voice that I've had on this thing. It was good to have. This time, I sit down with a couple millennials, a couple millennial punks, Colton May and Grayson Webb. We sit down and have a discussion about uh, culture of honor, have a discussion about uh, just worship, kind of their hearts for worship, their passion for worship. It's good. You're going to enjoy it. I wanted to remind you to rate, review, subscribe, and share these episodes on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Kingdom Bringer Podcast, and check us out on Facebook at KB Podcast. Go like us. Like us on Facebook. We want more friends. What we do on there is we post the latest episodes every week when they come out. These episodes come out on Tuesdays. So Tuesday morning, the episode is posted to the Facebook page. Man, we'd love for you guys to share it. So get on there. Like us on Facebook at KB Podcast. Share the episodes when they go. Let's just get this out there. Uh, YouTube, we're getting more and more subscribers. Let's go. Uh, share these episodes on YouTube. Sometimes people don't have a podcast platform that they listen to. Maybe they're not regular uh, podcast listeners. But maybe you've got a, a grandma, a mom, a dad, a friend that doesn't normally listen to podcasts. YouTube's actually a great way to do it. So send the episode. It gets downloaded every week to that uh, YouTube page. Take it, share it, give it to them. Let's get these out there. I wanted to remind you guys, too, that you can give. You can partner with us financially. It's very, very simple. Simply text the word Wilroads, W-I-L-R-O-A-D-S, to 77977. So what happens is you get a text back with a link. In that link, you click it. It takes you to PushPay. And on PushPay, it's going to ask you how you want to give. You push that pull-down tab, and you select... The Kingdom Bringer Podcast. Simple way to set up your, your payment, and it's easy. It's very, very easy. You can do a one-time gift, like a humongous one-time gift that I'm just sure you're, right now you're thinking, man, if I only had a place where I could give $25,000, this is the one way you could do that. Text the word Wilroads to 77977. You can also set up monthly payments. So I want to ask you, I want to encourage you to pray about it. Ask the Lord if this is something that he would like you to do. You can partner with us. Keep this thing going. I really want to have uh, kind of a network of podcasts out there. I don't know if you guys heard, but we talked about it a, a few episodes ago. The Two Brothers podcast is coming back. That's Jason Getz and Chris Hagen is going to be joining to make that Two Brothers and I'm going to be producing that thing for them. I've been talking to Beth Packard about her starting up a podcast. I'm just breaking all kinds of news today. Not sure if I have the complete freedom to do that, but I just did it. So don't tell anybody, but tell everybody. So I'm going to have a podcast network. So I need a new computer. I need some new equipment. I spent about three to four hours a week. Um, producing and editing just this podcast. So I enjoy doing it. I really, really do. I, I love it a lot. But hey, if you want to help out and you want to support it, text the word Wilroads to 77977. Get it set up. It's really easy. And thank you in advance. I believe we're going to see some fruit from that, from that avenue. So this episode, I've got Colton May and I've got Grayson Webb. We did an interview a couple weeks ago. And you guys are going to enjoy this. It's going to be fun. Rate, review, subscribe, share. Let's do it. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. Enjoy.
So we are here in Winfield, Kansas at the Gathering Revival Center, and we're actually in an RV, which is your guys' home for the weekend, and how's the weekend been so far? Colton. Oh, dude, it's been outstanding. It's been on another level, dude. Yeah. So, like, we... Aaron called me up, and their uh, their normal worship team wasn't going to be available for this weekend. It's a, kind of a glory revival weekend with Jesse Champ, and Aaron Packard called me up and asked if I knew of anybody that could that could come and, and, and lead worship. And you were the first dude that I thought of, and so I called you up and asked if you'd put a team together, and you have done that. What uh, What were some expectations that you had coming into this weekend? Whenever I am asked to do a worship set, or when I do um, every Sunday, I, I try not to build too much expectation just because I already know what God does. So I, I want to let him do what he's going to do. So I try not to build too much expectation. What I expected was that my guys, the guys that I would have, were going to be like on fire and ready to go. And that's like that happened. That was that was good. So we brought Ryan Emery and Grayson Webb um, as a part of the worship team. Grayson, did you have any expectations at all coming into this weekend? Did you did you know what we were going to be doing? Or uh, no, not really. I mean, I'd never really been um, around this certain group of people or anything. And uh, you know, I've been in church a lot. Um, I got back from Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry last year, so I mean, I've definitely experienced a lot of like revival meetings, and yeah. you know. God's the same everywhere, so, I mean, even here, you know, I can feel his spirit, and even when you when you don't feel it, you know, you're just, you have the confidence that he's there when you're around people that are on fire for God, and that, that want to just serve him, and want to glorify him, and so, you know, everybody's hearts are right here, and I can tell that, you know, and so, I think it's just being able to trust the people that you're working with, and that you're, um, worshiping with that's really really cool and i've experienced that here a lot that's awesome colton i wanted to specifically talk to you a little bit about you're you're heavily involved with with scott tilly at buckland community church Mm -hmm. um you drive what is it an hour and a half pretty much every 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 saturday every weekend to kind of go and and set the atmosphere there and set the tone there for what scotty's trying to do what do you feel like the lord is really calling you to in this season of your life you're you're what 19 years old yeah right? yeah both of you guys 19 yeah were you guys in the same class uh okay. we were but he went to Deerfield and I went to Garden City uh, okay okay so so for you specifically Colton what what do you feel like the calling is on your life right now at this young age um you're literally half my age and you're running with some dudes that are my age um <laughs> What what do you feel like the calling is on, on your life right now? Oh man, that's a, uh, that's a loaded question. I know. Right, but. it's okay if we dream big here. It's okay that our God is big, and so He has a big call. Yeah. On my life, so I'm not afraid to 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 speak it out loud. I know that my calling, it's 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 of course because I've been with Tilly. Anyone who knows Tilly knows he's about the multitude, right? Yeah. It's rubbed off on me heavily, so I know that part of my calling is to reach the multitude of people, and I know that my outlet is worship. Like God uses me, my gifts and that anointing through me yeah. in, in music. So I know like with this thing, like a revival center, we're going to have a hub of revival here in Southwest Kansas. And I my calling consists of me leading that and then going overseas, traveling wow. revival hubs planted all over the world. Wow. That's, okay. That's you're, the not, call. you're not uh, leaving it small there. No. Okay. Have you felt this calling on your life, quote unquote, for worship for some time or is this fairly new? I know a little bit about your story, but yeah, that's a, no, that's a really good question. I, uh, I knew from like fifth grade when I started doing band that I was kind of already excelled in music. Yeah. I was kind of just the arm and a leg ahead of most of my, my peers. Like I just didn't understand why no one else got it. God really had my back in that even when I wasn't in ministry. And so it's just kind of recently in the past two years He's put it on my heart, like, I've I've been with you in this, and I've excelled you for a reason, so that you could be excelled, and so that you could be big in this thing. And so he, like, he's just recently, in the past yeah. two years is when he really put it on my heart, yeah. is that music is going to be like, this is it, worship, you know, like leading, yeah. that this is it, you know. 
So I, I kind of started, God gave me a vision for a 48 hours of worship a couple yeah. years ago. And, um, back when I was with the gathering in Dodge city and, and it was basically 48 straight hours of worship where I had 48 one hour time slots. Mm. And I remember I had quite a few time slots available in those funky times, like midnight to eight o'clock in the morning. And this group of young teenage punk kids from garden city came over <laughs> and I knew that they were coming to do one or two of the slots but I still had like five or six slots available and little kid walks up and he says, Hey man, I can play these slots if you want me to. And I'm like, at that point I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to get a two hour nap. That's fine. I didn't know who you were. I didn't know nothing about <laughs> this, this young zealous kid, but I let you do it. And like seven hours later, you're still playing. And the Lord really showed me how you were like my angel for that weekend because mm -hmm. you filled in so many of these, of these spots. And so like, uh, on a surface level, you like took care of the needs that I had, but wow. I really, I was introduced to, um, I saw your gifting from a mile away, like when that was, when that was going on. And I, I really did sense a, a big calling on your life. I don't know that you grasped fully at no, the time, not even. Um, but I know that a few of us that ran together did. And so it's kind of cool that a couple years later, you're really in the fold of what we're trying to do. And, yeah. um, with this whole fivefold ministry thing, I've, I've told Scotty and I've told Jason that. Colt May is our worship leader. Like he is our, our prophetic psalmist, if you will. Wow. And so, yeah, man, I'm Amen. thankful. And like I said, it, it's kind of cool to be able to, to minister here in, in Winfield, kind of a cool little outing. Yeah. Um, what did you, what, what do you see or what did you see in Grayson that made you want to bring him on this weekend? That's such a good question. I know. Um, <laughs> Grayson and I, uh, we've known each other for a really long time, but we never knew each other. We just like went to the same church, you know? We both went to Cornerstone, and he was always on the youth worship team, and eventually, like, up to Sundays, he was always on both, doing, like, everything. He's a jack-of-all-trades. The dude can do anything from, yeah. like, technology, like, music tech, into, like, the actual music, the playing aspect of it. If it was just about that, like, he could do this whole thing by himself if he wanted. He has drums on his feet, he has his hands playing keys, and he could probably do a guitar with his tongue, like, around yeah. his back if he wanted yeah. to. Like, the dude is just... So like the, so this weekend, just as an example, he's like a one man band. He's got he's up there. He's got a cajon. He's 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 kicking the cajon with one foot, kicking a tambourine with the other foot, playing guitar and singing background vocals this weekend. And it's yeah, the ridiculous. dude is a beast. And we we didn't really come together like until um, it was like kind of midway through his first year at Bethel. We started just kind of weekly. We played a, like a lot of Fortnite, you know, together on Xbox. You know, Scott Tilly will. We'll, we'll be mad about that. He, like, he thinks it's satanic. But we were. We were, for for a while, just playing a ton of Fortnite and just talking. And we started like, man, this guy's really cool. Like, I don't know why we've never been closer. And so once a week, we made it kind of a point to just talk, text, and let God do like what he wanted to do in that moment. And just release all, like, release all these things like that we heard about each other, that people were saying. Like all the yeah. dirt that was in the atmosphere because we never were close. Because some people would, like, would say some things, you know. Right. And we kind of just let all those things come out. Like, for me, with him, like, it was me saying, this is who I used to be, and this is who you knew me as. Yeah. But this is what God has brought me out of. Yeah. And this is who I am now. And he's like, yeah, I totally see that. And so that really clicked. Um, and through Dusty, which is one of our close friends, who is at Bethel now, Dusty Kelly, we both just kind of like, it's just like a, the threefold right there just clicked. And yeah, we all awesome. are really super close now. That's awesome. Grayson, you tell me your version of that. I'm sure it's much different. Just kidding. So what do you like when you um, kind of talk about your relationship with not just Colton, but your relationship with, I guess, worship, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I was raised in church, you know, and um, I went to an Assemblies of God church in Garden um, when I was pretty much since I was born. I think I was I did like a baby dedication there till, you know, everything, you know. Yeah. And then I think I left there. My family left there when I was like five six maybe but yeah i mean it's a good church now like if you go there i mean i went there a couple of weeks ago they have an amazing pastor nathan sheridan he's like awesome but it just wasn't right for us at the time so we went to cornerstone at the time uh neil burem was there pastoring he's an amazing guy and he's he's done so much for me just teaching me about stuff but basically yeah he's uh he was pastoring the church and uh, I just was in children's church 
along with Dusty, our friend. And uh, I didn't really know him too much at that point, but, you know, just kind of lived my life and did did stuff. And I was always learning music from my dad because he has a he used to be a music teacher for like 12 years. He has a master's in music. So he all the music theory I know I can just accredit to him. Yeah. So <laughs> um, basically, yeah, I did that. I started taking drum lessons when I was in like fourth grade from Brandon Bustamante who's an amazing guy. He was leading worship at um, our church at the time and started taking guitar lessons as well. Actually, a little before that from Joel Wise, his guitarist from his band at that time. He was a really cool hippie dude with long hair. Yeah, so and he can play guitar. You know he can now if he's got long hair. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's good. So, like, he was just teaching me just some rock songs, you know, just yeah. I was getting better at all of it. And um, then I think it was when I was in like sixth grade, maybe like right after sixth grade, we had this special event for the youth where we went over to the other building to the main uh, sanctuary that they use for Sunday services. And then uh, Brandon, the guy giving me drum lessons, he's the worship leader. He was playing drums that night and he's like a phenomenal drummer. Like, I think he had played for uh, Jeff Deo, if you know him, yeah. before. Like uh, He's, like, crazy. So, anyway, he was playing, and I was so inspired by him every time I saw him play. And then after that service, something just was telling me, like, I should join the worship team, you know? Like, I should just do this. And so I was pretty, like, really, really pretty shy, so I just didn't really consider it that much. But then I asked my good friend Colton Clark. Um, not this Colton, another Colton. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, I asked him if I should join the worship team, and he said, yeah, you sh- you totally should, because he'd known me for a long time. We would just jam on rock songs together at my house. He's like, you're totally good enough. Like, you can do it. So I was like, okay, cool. And that gave me a little confidence, so I went up and asked Brandon if I could, and he was like, yeah, go for it. You know, we're having a meeting right after uh, the service gets over, so we'll do that. And I was kind of intimidated by it, but... I had so much encouragement and support from Brandon and all those people. Uh, Cicely Wyatt was another lady who was kind of leading the youth team a little bit. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, and then I just went from there and started playing drums every week at the, at the youth there called the Hill at the time. Um, Blake Buttry came in and he was uh, pastoring there. And then Heidi Hubbard came in and she was leading us for a while leading like worship over the whole church and in youth like for a while so yeah I just started playing drums and then after about a year I started playing drums in the main service as well and then I was just drumming like four times a week (laughs) pretty much forever like from pretty much seventh grade to my senior year so it was just like that and I started playing guitar more around freshman year so like I basically just started like that and my dad has always been there to kind of, you know, teach me about what worship really is and, you know, give me like a good mindset about it because I never really had a performance like, you know, sort of, I guess, egotistical view of it at all. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was just fun for me. I just loved playing. And um, as far as my heart with God, you know, I realized I was sensitive to the Holy Spirit one night when I was, my mom was tucking me into bed and I was in like fourth grade, I think, third or fourth grade. And I just started bawling out of nowhere. Like I was just crying. And I was like, mom, why am I crying? Like, I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm happy, but I'm crying and I don't know why. And she's like, that's the Holy Spirit. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Wow. That's cool. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is, but cool. I'm you know, I'm assuming it's God and, you know, it's all good. So I just kind of, I mean, I never really thought about it too much. I just kind of did what I was doing. And my dad was always there to keep my heart right. He's an elder at uh, Cornerstone now. And like, um, he has been for a while. My mom's the children's pastor there and she's been, she had been serving in that capacity for like long before they, um, gave her that title. So Yeah. yeah, I mean, my mom and dad are amazing. Like they've taught me so much about like having a good heart in worship and like keeping God at the center and like allowing your gifts to glorify God, you know, 
not the other way around or something. Yeah. So that's pretty much my experience with it. And then with Colton, uh, I met him. I don't know. I I don't I don't know exactly when it was. It must have probably been like my sophomore year or something. I don't know, but I was just playing on the worship team, and then he kind of came in and started playing uh, some keys. He does that, doesn't he? He just comes in and just yeah. starts playing stuff. <laughs> he just kind of came in, and <laughs> I, I mean, I was just playing, and I don't think we really talked at all, even though we were playing on the same team as each other. We didn't really talk at all, which is how I was with most of the people that I wasn't close with, like... I just didn't, I didn't talk to people like yeah. in general, I still don't talk to people unless they initiate some sort of conversation with me or unless I have a reason to, but I mean, I don't know. My close friends, I do talk to a lot. So, you know, like I guess I was just there and we were just playing together and then somewhere, I think it was my junior. Okay. Sorry. No, we must've met before. That. It was like my freshman year. Anyway, after that, we went to youth America summer camp together and, uh, just we had some amazing experiences in God, like just some crazy encounters with him, like some out of body, like yeah. <laughs> crazy encounters with him. Um, I had one. And then what was it? Three years later, three years later, he's at the same camp, same exact night with with me. And I prayed over him and I just knew in my spirit that he was going to have like the same experience as me, like wow. that I had three years ago. And I didn't tell him, I didn't even know how to tell myself. It was just one of those things, you know, deep inside and it doesn't, doesn't even, it's not even like you can't put it into words. It's just there. So, um, yeah, anyway, that the same exact night, uh, same exact part of the service, even like so specific, he had an extremely similar, like just in the, in the chain of events of the encounter and how it happened and like, um, even Pastor Josh, our amazing youth pastor, who's spoken into both of our lives like so much, he there was a moment where he like put his hand on our chest and prayed over us and pushed us, and we felt something happen in the spirit, and that both happened that that happened to us both like in the same uh, time. So like from there on out, I knew we were connected, and you know after that had happened that night, um, you know it was right after I had graduated from high school that summer, and like it, it was it was crazy because we just went up on the little hill thing and it was like midnight and it was just us and a bunch of guys like juniors and seniors. And Colton was just like sharing. And then out of nowhere, it was one of those moments where the Holy Spirit's just speaking through you, you know, and you're just yeah saying stuff and you don't even know what you're saying. And that was what I was doing. And I think that's what he was doing a little bit too. And then we just held pretty much a revival meeting right there wow. for like, three or four hours with a bunch of kids and they all got set on fire. So, I mean, like it was amazing. And some people, you know, fell out in the glory and like, I didn't even know what was going on. I was kind of freaked out, but I didn't, (laughs) I was just letting God do it. Cause I, I mean, I trust him. So yeah, it, yeah, that's pretty much my experience with Colton. And then I went away to BSSM, like I said, in Redding, California. And then um, I realized, I guess God just kind of put on my heart randomly one day, like, Hey, Colton May, he's a cool dude. You should talk to him. I was like, okay. <laughs> and like, I wasn't against it, but I just didn't know what reason I had. Cause we hadn't been like super close at all. We'd just been like, and eh, you know, we kind of know each other, but yet God yeah. had put some sort of connection between us. So I was like, all right, that's cool then. So we started playing Xbox together and just hanging out uh, like through the internet <laughs> and stuff like that. And then when I got back, uh, just recently in the past couple of months, we've just really connected and done some worship sets together. So like, it's been just kind of like a weird, cool journey to this point. And I know God has so much more for us and, you know, it's that's awesome. It's cool. That's, that's my experience with worship though. And how I met him and stuff. That's cool. That's cool. It's so Colton. I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, being as young as you are and recognizing a a gift at a young age, what have okay. been some of the difficult things in regards to stewarding that gift for you? Oh, dude. Because I've got some specific things that I want to hit Ooh. on, but I want to I want to hear I want to hear it from you first. Yeah, man. Um, I'll just put a couple out there. Um, just plain and simple, bluntly, family. 
especially if uh, some of your family doesn't really understand. Yeah. I mean, if and if you do get it, anyone out there, if you guys get it, then you know what I mean. If someone just doesn't understand your ministry yeah. and the things that God are doing, then they're not going to be open to that. They're going to want to shut it down. So that often happens. That often happens. Not even just family, but adults in general. Being like when this thing started when I was 17 and this thing was like really starting to brew and cultivate this thing, like they people want to shut that thing down yeah. because it's not normal. Right. Like it's not the norm. So that's one of the big things I had to deal with. Another thing is, uh, is church. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm probably speaking to someone, but yeah. the church Go. and depending on where you're at, they're, they're going to want to shut it down because some people get uncomfortable. Um, and when God, when you know, and God is telling you to do something and you do it, um, but the enemy's telling someone else not to, um, if you're a kid, it's more likely that you're going to be self-conscious you're not going to say anything especially if someone is like giving you that that eagle eye like that kind of like that what is that stink eye you know they're giving you that look like you need to like cut it out know your place exactly know your so like in the church i I experienced that it's like man i need to shut up like i need to sit down and, and keep my mouth shut yeah so that's another thing um and another thing this is the biggest one is is my insecurity yeah it's like Man, am I not just really good at imagining things? Yeah. What if my because I'm really creative, what if my imagination's just really good? And that's like I just like let that sit because that's yeah. that's a big deal because like what, what when do I know that I'm not just making something up or I'm hearing the voice of God because sometimes the voice of God says some crazy things. Yeah. God says some crazy things sometimes, so I have to discern and I have to learn that I'm not crazy. Like I'm not just imagining these things. Like God is real and he's active in my life. And so like, that's the biggest struggle that I'm dealing with. And even now, like, I'm like, God, did you really say that? Like, am I, Yeah. is that your voice or am I just really good at imagining this? You yeah. know? So that's my yeah. top three biggest thing. Yeah, I would, I would suggest that God has access to your imagination. He actually gave it to you. Right. Exactly. So a lot of times we get those confused. Like it's just my imagination. Well, God has access to that too. So yeah. it very well could be your imagination, that's but a that's word. a good thing. So, amen. So let's talk, let's talk about the fine line. And I want to go here. You you may be uncomfortable going here. Let's do it. But I'm going to go here. I know that I know there's there's one word that's been spoken over your life a lot. And it may Can be I finish a, it for you. Hold on. It may be a word that makes you feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> it might even tick you off at times. Mm. What's that one word? Humility. Oh my goodness. We're on the same page. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute, the importance of that, being so young, being so gifted, and how, because that, that that's a good word, right? The yes. word humility yes. is such a good word. Come on. But when we're in a place of like gifting and when we're, when we're a place of flowing, it, it stings when we hear that sometimes. Because yep. um, I've, trust me, <laughs> I'm a guy that likes to talk, people that like to talk and say things are also told the humility word too. And it's a good word. Talk to me about the fine line between flowing in your giftings, knowing your knowing who you are in the kingdom, knowing what the Lord's gifted you with, and actually coming up underneath authority and being humble. Talk about that in your life. And the reason I called you out is because I've I think I've spoken that word to you. Oh but, yeah. But I've heard it spoken to you like three or four times. And this way more than that. And every time that it's spoken it's, I feel it stinging because I know it does, but it's a good word. And so talk about right. that. And I don't want it to get twisted because good words can sting. That's right. I think they're meant they to probably a should. lot of times. Yes. Exactly. Make so, you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I embrace that uncomfortability because even it's not people in the church or people in my circle that tell me it's people that don't get it either. Yeah. I walk in the halls and I'm, I'm walking in my school and I hear people that don't know tell me to be humble. Yeah. And, you know, I have to like, ah, oh, you don't even know me, jerk. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you don't know who I am. But that's just because of what I carry. That's just because, like, I have put in the work, you know? Yeah. Like, I to be good at what I've done, like, I spent my senior year, I didn't have a lot of classes, so I spent almost six, seven hours a day practicing my instrument, keys, singing, like, getting in the word. Like, I just, I practiced stewarding this gift of musicianship. That's what I did. So I became really, really good at it in this yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, just understanding and and t- like my own technical ability because I'm self-taught. Yeah. So just increasing my own technical ability from what I know how to do, 
um, so I auditioned for international ensembles. I auditioned. I went over the national level. I auditioned for an international ensemble with over 20,000 auditions, 17 different countries, and I pulled like a second chair spot in that thing. Wow. And another one. In, so I went to New York for that one. I sat second chair um, next to a kid from Juilliard. So, like, these kids are, like, top-notch. I'm a self-taught player. Like, God's favor is in this thing. So, right? Yeah. Just by making this band and just by being in that culture and, like, they're like, oh, you need to be humble. Like, wow, you're, you're cocky just because you made it. Like, that's when the fine line gets drawn. Like, do I know who I am? Yeah. Or do I let that take me over? Do I let them telling me to be humble take me over because, oh, I'm, I'm not being humble. I'm being cocky. And there's times, like last night, this is a prime example of me not being in the right place. Yeah. I was not comfortable with the set that we played last night for this worship event. Yeah. I am not good at playing it. Yeah. It was just not good for me. Because of that, I start, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to play this really well and force this thing. Yeah. God completely zapped anything I could do. Like, my knowledge of musicianship disappeared last night, dude. Yeah. If you go back and listen to live feed somewhere, like, right in the middle, it sounds awful because I'm smashing random chords. I'm singing in the complete wrong key. God took away my ability to be a musician. Wow. And I think it was him It was him proving that you can't even do this if I don't want you to. Wow. You you can't do this if he I can, don't want you he to. Can t- you can actually take it away from Yeah, me. I gave you this gift. What makes you think I can't take it away? Wow. And so this thing like of humility drawing the line between that and knowing who you are. I think another good example, um, and this is a good example. This is me knowing who I am, right? Someone um, in the halls or someone, uh, someone closely related to me, someone who just doesn't know where I'm at. They don't know me. They haven't taken a chance to have a conversation with me. Um, and I look at someone and I say, um, in marching band, for example, let's say this. Like, hey, that's an eight to five step, and and you're 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 undershooting it a little bit. Oh well, you need to be humble. You're so cocky. Like, nah, I just know what I'm doing. Right. Like, I just know who I am. Yeah. Like, that's not that. I'm not being mean. I'm not being rude. Like, yeah. People get wrong when when they're people get hurt when they're wrong. Yeah. Like, and then hurt people are gonna try to hurt people, right? Right. And so, um, I think so. If I'm gonna draw the line. I know who I am, and that's why I'm doing this. But the reason I keep receiving humility is because by me stepping into this humility, God is doubling it yeah, and doubling it and doubling it. I think each time I receive that word, even when I don't want to receive it, and it hurts really bad, yeah, and it makes me cry a lot of times. Like when I hear, like, you need to be humble, it makes me cry. Yeah. I think each time that I'm stepping into that, God is doubling it and doubling it and doubling it with a car, yeah. Giving me a car. Yeah. Winning me this Apple Watch at a high school football game. Like, yeah. come on, favor. Yeah. God does those little things. And that's because of humility. All of it. So give me an example of what that humility looks like for you. Give me an example of how have you has there ever been a time, I guess, maybe in the middle of a worship set or in the middle of a meeting when you've had to kind of pull that out of yourself and mm. showcase and maybe recollect a time when humility was spoken over you has there ever been that shift in you where you've noticed i'm not being humble now right now is the time when i need to use Ah, what's been spoken ah. over me so so you're saying like and i'm not really thinking about necessarily being humble because i'm doing what god's saying but then there comes a moment where god's like oh well here's where it matters yes here's where it counts yes yeah that happens all the time every single set yeah that's good and and it might just be even at the very beginning prepping for this thing god's like hey remember what this is about yeah, this is not good. about you. This is not about you. That's good. And so a lot of times during a set, and I mean, I don't care if we're recording a live recording, maybe for an album, and we have a studio set up in the back recording all of our mics and our equipment. There's times that God says, put your hands in your pocket. Yeah. Stop playing. You got a team. Quit singing. Turn around. That's good. Like, there's times where I, I don't. I'll turn around and I or go out. Get out. Get off the stage. Yeah. And I, man, I just, personally, I don't think I could ever be... As successful, you know, you see Stephanie Gretzinger. She's a monster. Steffi G, as I say. She's a phenomenal vocalist. She, like, no matter what she do, she's flailing around and her head's having a seizure and she's still singing like an angel. Like, it's crazy. She actually taught me how to worship. I learned learned how to worship. Wow. Yeah, that's good. And that, I don't think I could ever do that simply because when God is like, I I, I don't know, the Holy Spirit moves so evenly and flows nonstop that I don't, I don't even, if he tells me to stop, I just stop. 
or if it's like not a moment for me to be on stage, I just get off. Like, I don't know if I could ever be that title for like an album and a live worship set or whatever, like Kingdom Bringer music. You know, if that's a thing, I don't think that I could be as successful in that. Yeah. Just simply because it's like, if I get off, I get off. And then who's singing? Like, that's why I have a team like Grayson who can sing equally as well, if not better. And so when I step off, he just takes up right away. Because yeah. I think that's another reason why we're all together and with Ryan, too, is we all are just connected on the same wavelength. And when we're not, you can tell. Yeah. And so like that. And you'll see it physically. You'll hear it get evened out in the spirit. Yeah. Whenever it clicks, you'll hear it happen. And so that's why it's really cool. So, yeah, that's I think that's that's, good. that answered that pretty well. Because I think with what we're really trying to do with this whole fivefold ministry and this whole this ministry as in general as a whole. Yeah. The there's so much power in like honoring other people's gifts. Come on. There's like there's actually power that that is released. Yeah. When I honor someone, because you carry the same spirit that I carry. It's good. You carry the same spirit that Benny Hinn carries. You, carry this, <laughs> you know, we just do. We we all carry the same yeah, spirit. That's a good word. So you have access to be flowing in all five of those areas, right? The evangelist, the prophet, all that stuff. That's right. But the power, I believe, that is released when Colton May can understand, you know what? I'm going to choose to stay in my lane, mm-hmm. right? I'm here to worship. I'm going to honor someone else's gifts in the room. Come on. And let them do what they do. There's just some power that's released. And I feel like that's kind of the season we're in right now with the the, the fivefold and just kind of teaching exactly. that whole thing that I can teach. Exactly. You know? I can prophesy. Chris can teach. Uh, I'm going to honor his gifting and let him do what Chris does. And I love that you say honor because none of this happens without it. If I don't walk into this house, the Gathering Revival Center here in Winfield, Kansas, if I don't walk in here and say, Aaron Packard, in my spirit, I say, Aaron Packard, I honor you. So good. I honor you and what you're doing. Beth Packard, I honor you and what you're doing. What do you need me to do for your week? Exactly, because they know. If you honor someone and you know where their heart is and you honor them, then God's going to flow through them. Uh, and he, he'll tell you exactly what to do. I should not have to have a plan. Yeah, that's good. Because I'm honoring them. That's why, that's the only way this fivefold ministry comes together. That's right. Is because Darren Eubanks walks into Buckling Community Church. That's right. And Scott Tilly says, here's the mic. That's right. What do you have to say? That's I good. honor you and your teaching. So yeah, that honor, that's dude. That's good. That's good. And Grayson, I want to ask you kind of the same question about honor and talk a little bit about, because um, you, you experienced Bethel, right? that's known for this culture of honor that Danny Silk talks about and how, you know, Danny and Chris and Eric and Bill and all of them just have this culture of honor where they honor each other. It's, it's, I've, I've been very inspired by Bethel. Like most people have. Um, I don't know if you experienced much of that or is that something you can kind of talk on maybe the importance of like what you learned there and how you can bring that here and what, what that did for you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the culture of honor is really, really important. If you haven't read that book by Danny Silk, anybody, yeah, it's a really great book to read. I think we actually had to read that for school. Um, we had to read a lot of books, but that was one of them. Wow. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. One thing I would say about all that is it's not a Bethel thing. Right, no, it's It's not, and I know you know that, it's not a Bethel thing. It's not a Bill Johnson thing. It's not a Chris Valdez thing. It's not even. It's not. It's not a Danny Silk thing. You wrote a book, you know. But like, it's a kingdom of God thing. So good. You know what I mean? Like, it's something that God like wrote into the fabric of the universe. When you honor each other, there's power in that. You know, like yeah. when you honor each other, you're blessed. Like it. it like everybody um, is equal in the eyes of God, and I think honor is just kind of equating that truth into our own society because if you like if you let honor infiltrate your society um and your culture whatever you call it you know or even just like your family like in the book uh loving your kids on purpose by danny silk amazing book and it has a lot of the same um honor stuff in it just with honoring your own family when you let that honor come into any group of people any relationship it really just allows God's perspective to reign. 
like that's good god's perspective on you on your gifts on how talented you are on humility on <laughs> whatever it is it allows god's um his perspective to just like take control and you you know what i mean like it's yeah, man. so much more of a blessed life that way like yeah. it's so much more comforting to know like that you honoring somebody else it doesn't matter if they're going to honor you back or if you're going to receive any sort of gift from that you just do it that's good and then knowing why you do everything that's something that's been really important to me my entire life is knowing why like everything that's just the way my mind works like i just have to know why everything happens so if i had teachers in school that would explain why everything's working then i would get it and then some teachers did not do that and i barely scraped by in their classes and got like really low grades yeah and so that's just kind of how my mind functions so with with uh, theology or you know anything biblical i'm always asking why i'm like god why why do we have to honor each other like why does you know why should i honor somebody why should somebody else honor me you know what i mean yeah that's good and just the answers he gives are so beautiful like <laughs> you know what i mean like i do understand the feeling that when when truth and those those good words you're talking about they sting sometimes but what i would say to that is they only really sting whenever you're not in the right place yeah if there's something there that's yeah. not in line with that yeah yeah cool. it's like if you're out of place and then the chiropractor puts you back into place it's going to really like ooh it's going to that's good move you a little bit more but if you're already good and God tells you that, then it actually just reinforces what's already there, and yeah. it feels great. That's actually called what an adjustment, right? You go, yeah. you go in for an adjustment. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I've gone to the chiropractor like three times in my life so far, and all of them have been great. And I can tell you, the first time I ever went was the time where I was the most sore. I had <laughs> the most adjustment, most adjustments done on different parts of my body. And man, like it messed me up for a couple of days, you know? Yeah. And then the second time, a little better. Third time, a little better. You know what I mean? Like it, that's how it works. You know, the more you let God just like adjust your life and trust him with your life. I think that's the main thing. Trust. Cause you have to have trust in honor. That's a, like a key ingredient to honor. You have to have trust. Like if you don't trust God, then you, you won't honor him. <laughs> yeah. You good. won't let him honor you and your giftings that are on your life you you won't uh be able to honor other people because you may you might not trust the gifting that's in their life or or you might not trust them with the platform or with a microphone or whatever um or to speak into a congregation so if you don't trust them you're not going to honor them yeah that's good. and so like i think we've actually talked about that a lot on this podcast about the two aspects of trust there's trust and there's trustworthiness right? yeah god is trustworthy Mm-hmm. whether we trust him or not he is trustworthy so we can he's a he's, he's a person that we can put our trust in so a healthy church setting is there's trustworthiness and there's trust yeah I, yeah and then that yeah honor yeah if we want to have a culture of honor we've got to have both trust and trustworthiness in that setting that's good that's i would good. just say you know if there's anyone here in this or just any anyone in general i guess Try to ask God why more often. You know, I've heard somebody tell me before, and this, it has its place, okay? Um, you know, each truth um, is the best truth that you need to hear it when you need to hear it. So I'm not discounting this statement, but I have heard the statement, um, you know, don't ask God why, ask him what, like, you know, ask him what do you want me to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. And personally, that has just led to, um, and not all of what that statement carries is bad because yeah, we should be like getting direction from God on what we want to do. But, you know, I tend to, I tended to take that really literally and just be like, okay, well, cool. I'm just going to only ask God what I need to do. And then it was just like a to-do list. He just gave me something. I did it. Gave me something. I did it. Gave me something. I Very did it. robotic. And that point. it was not even a relationship. It was just like, he's, <laughs> you know, my shopping list and I'm the, shopper <laughs> i don't know like yeah. it wasn't fun so 
and it did it wasn't the right thing i could just tell like it, there's no love in that there's no relationship so i was just like all right i'm just gonna go back to what's natural for me because you created me god you know how this all works so i'm gonna ask you why more often you know so no that's I, good i feel like i feel like parenting man has changed so much because you know we're coming out of a culture where and i, I probably had this a little bit in my family was the child like me would ask why and the answer is what because i said so like parents would say that all the time because I said so. And so it's training us to just blindly follow. And I understand that. But at the same time, I think good parenting is teaching, training. Mm. Is God desires for us yeah. to, to learn. And so he has no problem teaching. Exactly. There, there may be a time when he says it doesn't matter. Just do it. And it may be that time. But I feel like that's that's what you're hitting on is don't be afraid to ask why. You know, ask why he's not going to be offended if we ask why. That's good. And he, if we don't, he may tell us who cares. Just do it. But at least we're asking why because we want to know. Right. Yeah. When Darren Eubanks calls me and he says like, "Hey, I want you to come lead this." Yeah. This set. Okay. But not only like you, you want to ask for the counsel of God. God, is this from you? Is it or is it not? And if he says yes, why? Yeah. And that helps you discover so much about yourself too. Yeah. Like if you can also honor the giftings that he's put in you mm-hmm. and in a way that's honoring yourself mm-hmm. and respecting yourself enough. Like when you say yes to God and then saying why? And he yeah. says because you're qualified. That's good. And he says because I made you to be qualified and because I made you to do this. Yeah. This was already planned for you. This was on your calendar up in heaven, dude. Like this was meant for you to do. So that's why I said yes. That's good. And at that point because he's so good, he lets us choose whether we're going to do it or not. Yeah. You know, so I think that's really good, like, to ask why. I don't think we should revolve everything around why. Yeah. Because sometimes we don't have to know why. Like, I don't know why I'm a good singer. I don't really have to know why. Yeah. I know that it has something to do with my calling. Yeah. Right? right. Like, I, I don't know why I'm naturally gifted to things. I know that God gave them to me. And I know that's part of my calling, but I don't have to know. Like, if I start thinking why too much, like, God's going to be like, dude, chill. <laughs> like, yeah. just relax. Like, yeah. I got this, you know? Good. Yeah, man. So you said that was interesting. You said you said uh, I don't like to revolve everything around why, and that is that's cool because I think that's why that's the reason why a lot of people are afraid to ask God why because they're like, well, you know, if everything is just revolved around why, then I'm never gonna get there because we all know God's infinite. I'm never gonna understand <laughs> why, yeah. so I'm just barking up a tree that's like endlessly tall and i can't even do it like it's it's impossible for me to know all the reasons why so i think i'm gonna say this this way and i think i think it'll work pretty much for what i'm trying to say but it's that i god has taught me to like the why because the why directly translates into how yeah so it's like god why should i honor colton and he's like well because this is who he is and he shows me who he is in his spirit he shows me that he's on fire for god he shows me his amazing heart he shows me the similarities between us so i can relate he shows me amazing giftings he has and just his amazing personality and all these things and i'm like that's really cool and i'm like okay so how do i honor him and like i just directly go to that yeah. maybe i don't even ask that but then my from there on out i have really good reasons why to like i should do everything so then when i'm living it's just like all right he asks me to do this he asks me to come with him to winfield to do some worship set i'm like all right cool you know yeah i know who he is and so i trust him and like me asking god why has given me a good foundation for our relationship yeah and i think as long as it translates into that and it doesn't translate into some sort of like doubt or something, because you could have, you could be asking why because of doubt, Whoa. like, oh, I'm doubting this. And that's OK. There's a place for that. Um, and we shouldn't we shouldn't shame that, you know, like when when we need to and God doesn't shame that at all. Like that's when good. we need to ask him why, because we're doubting something, he's happy to answer us because he just we need to trust him because he's our he's such a good father to us. And so but like the times I'm talking about here is like whenever you just simply don't understand it, like your heart maybe does and your spirit maybe understands. Yeah, this is cool. But your mind is just lost and you're like, I don't, I don't get it. 
so you ask God why. And, and then once your mind clicks, your whole body can be in unity and you can actually comfortably flow with relationships and in his spirit because all of you understands it, not just your heart, not just your yeah, spirit, your mind, your body, everything. So I think that's why I do it because I just need to get my whole uh, trinity, you know, like yeah. the mind, body, and soul and all that stuff like together on the same page so I can just move forward. Yeah, that's good. Well, guys, we're we're like getting close to wrapping this thing up. Okay. Uh, we're about 48 minutes in or so. Oh, nice. Um, And we could talk for days, man. Amen. And I hope to have you guys on again soon. But is there anything, Colton, that you'd like to kind of speak to in regards to just a lifestyle of worship. I really feel like Ooh. that's kind of what I wanted to end with, with, with you guys is can you, can you kind of talk to us a little bit about the importance of this being like a lifestyle and not yes. just a, yeah. Yes. Go and I, I like how you just, you preface it with that question yeah. because it, we don't have to talk about, is it a lifestyle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like w- in this culture, we don't have to discuss whether it is or is not a lifestyle. Right. Worship is the way that I'm living. That's good. Um, does that mean that it's impossible for me to slip up. Whoever you are, if you said yes, that's wrong. Yeah. Like if you think just because you're living a lifestyle of worship that you're perfect, that's where we need to transition from because right. that's not us and that's not what God intended us to be. You know, like if he wanted everything to be perfect, don't you think he would just wipe everything and make it perfect? Good. Like, yep. come on, like it's perfect imperfections in his creation is what we are. And so like, I'm one of the least, I suck at remembering scriptures, man. Like I will sit, I'll sit there and study and study and study. Nick Smith, um, over at Cornerstone, he leads youth worship. We did studies all the time. I cannot remember scriptures, man. Like I just, I'm bad at it. That makes me a horrible Christian then probably. Right. Because I can't remember. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like that kind of culture. So God, what he does is randomly gives me an extremely accurate scripture. Yeah. Like now, like this boils down to trust. If you're going to worship God with all your heart, doesn't that mean you have to trust him? That's if good. I'm going to sit down here and I'm going to tell you my heart doesn't mean I have to trust you. It's good. Like, and so God gave me this verse. It says Proverbs, it's Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you That's make. Good. That's and, good. And so like, I'm, I cannot remember any scripture, but God will say the exact scripture that is relevant, you know? And so, so in this lifestyle of worship, I just want to be an encourager as someone who is young and someone who completely understands. I, I, I just know I'm still living in the understanding. Yeah. Like I understand what you're going through. If you're trying to live this lifestyle of worship and people don't want it and the people around you don't want it and your church culture don't want it, like, you know, you can go on forever with that. I'm living in that. I understand. Yeah. Um, luckily I'm transitioning into and, and around a group of people that just get it. Like you five guys, you guys just get it. Like with Chris Hagen and his musicianship, man, we sit down in one night and we just write a banger, smash that thing out on garage band, dude. And God just like, it's so anointed. Yeah. And because these guys just get it. So this lifestyle of worship, like, I don't know if I could give steps. Like, how do you live your life better? How do you live a lifestyle of worship? Because I don't, it's not. Cause I'm not doing a perfect job at that. Right. I have still stuff that I'm trying to break off that has been years. I'm still trying to rip these things off because it's not me. So I can't like give a step by step how to live a better Christian life and worship him. Yeah. I can't do that. But what I can say is an opportunities that you get where time is, has been set aside for you to worship the King when maybe all day you didn't have a chance. You didn't think about it. You were busy all the above. You get to church on Sunday and you've set this time for corporate worship, whatever it may be. You look for the next glory. You seek his face and you seek him to do miraculous things and look for the glory. Yeah. Let the glory fog roll in and just let that's it good. go down. Like, I think that's, that'll start so many, so many things. That's like a spark. You know, you're the flint, right? Mm, yeah. And God's a steel and it's just like right then if you come in and during that time that you've set aside to worship him, it might be your only time of the week and it might be your 38,000th time of the week, but you push and you look for the next glory and that just that'll rub off on you so hard because when we want like God fill me with your presence fill me with your spirit when we say that don't you, that has effects on us yeah that's good when he fills up it's not just like okay it's there now right. <laughs> back for the rest of the week that has lasting effects on us his spirit within us has lasting effects like whatever we do th- for, throughout the week it's going to be involved with him yeah 
because I, I truly do believe we get exhausted a lot of times spiritually because we run empty. That's There's right. times that we exude all of this and we use it, what he's given us and what he's filled us with. And we start to run empty and That's we get good. exhausted That's good. because we forget to be filled sometimes, you know, even in our quiet place, in our closet, like we forget, we forget to be filled. And so when this, like that is the lifestyle of worship is being filled, getting it, getting, getting rid of it, yeah. being filled and getting rid of it, getting yeah. filled and getting rid of it. Because every time you get rid of it, you think that's not having an effect on something else who is also getting filled. And getting mm-hmm. rid of it and getting filled and getting rid of it. Like we all, we cannot do this without each other, this lifestyle of worship. Yeah. Without this healthy, prophetic community. Yes. We cannot have this. Yeah. We can't have that worship. Yeah. And so as I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I'm getting much better with understanding scripture. I'm in learning scripture and knowing like correct, healthy theology, mm-hmm. like in this stuff, which is when I'm worshiping is not what I'm thinking about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when, when the Holy Spirit is moving, I'm not thinking about like, is it really a three in one? Like, no, I'm not even thinking about that. Yeah. That's the last thing on my mind. Like, the, yeah. you know, I'm just letting God do exactly what he wants to do. And so just as an encouragement um, and as a challenge, see what God will do. Yeah, that's good. You know, like good. the further that you seek his face and you want and are desperate for the glory of God, just see what he's going to do. And in, in your in your in your within your hymnals, you know, in your in your pews, see what he'll do. It's good. Like, just see. It's good. Man, I sp- I've spoken this to you before, and I speak it out right now, Colton. I see you as as a young David hmm. that was actually invited by the king to come perform for him to set the to set the tone hmm. in the in the in the castle, like royalty actually invited <laughs> invited David in to change the atmosphere and to bring the presence and to steward the presence. Hmm. The king didn't even really know what he was doing. <laughs> but he ready. needed he needed the presence in the room Ooh. and so he invited david to come and so i see you as that man i i, I believe that you're going to be um singing for royalty you're going to be actually um mm. ushering in the presence of god for Whoa. royalty and so um i received that received that yeah thank you that's good well guys thank you so much for for joining we're out here in the in an rv at the uh gathering revival center in winfield this is your home for the weekend. It uh, it stinks of teenagers <laughs> for sure, and uh, this has been good. So, I, Grayson, it's been a an honor and a pleasure to get to know you. This is the most I've heard you talk, and that's awesome. I feel like you're talking more. You said earlier about you don't open up easily, and so I think that's cool that as as you're getting to to know and getting to. To honor and respect us, you've dude. You up. get him a chance, and he'll no, do this whole podcast for you, man. Dude, he's so you. good, man. It's he so will good. go. So let me let me let me pray this out. Yeah, Father God, I thank you so much for your mm-hmm. your love for us, and I thank you for your your giftings, Father. We don't glorify those giftings. We don't prop up those giftings. Yeah, God. we just we flow in those giftings, and so I thank you for the the giftings that are over these two young men, and I thank you, mm-hmm. Father, for just the amazing opportunity that you're going to be having for them. As they say yes to you more, God, you're going to provide more opportunity. And it's not going to be a decreasing opportunity. It's going to be an increasing glory, Father. Amen. It's going to be from one glory to the next. is not a decreasing glory. It's an increasing glory. And so I just thank you so much that you've given them uh, green lights, Father. I just see green lights in their future. To where they're not going to have to even be asking why so much. You're going to bring them the opportunity and the why together. I see the opportunity and the why together. And so I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in their lives. And I just thank you for the opportunities that are coming their way because they have a heart for the king. I just thank you for that. I just pray blessing over every single person who's listening to this right now. Yeah. um, Find that quiet place. Father God, I pray that you usher them into that quiet place where they can learn to hear your voice and they can learn right to um, to usher in the spirit that's that's there for them, Father, to be their comforter, to be their guide, to be their counselor, Father. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Until next time, be blessed. <laughs>